Too close and too far. Can't, Can't do
If you're in this group, there is going to be no magic pill. I don't have a magic pill. I don't have a magic formula. Nobody does. However, however, there are magical strategies and practices that we can learn, and we're going to shift our mindsets if we persist, if we persist, if we persist, if we persist. If we don't persist, we'll be left with some nice things, but we won't become who we can become. And it is clear to all of us, I think, at this moment, that Hashem is asking for something more. Do you see that Hashem is asking us for something more? He's asking us to become bigger aliens, bigger vessels, and that's what we're trying to do. And each person here is very capable of doing that. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Okay, so towards the end, you have to wait till the end. You have to be a good girl, and then you get a prize. Okay? <laughs> okay, now... <clears throat> I also brought, some people last week did not get all the handouts, so I brought handouts from last week. Some people took a handout that I'm going to be giving out today. It's page 9. If you have page 9, don't take a new one. If you don't have page 9, you can take one today. But before I give you page 9, I just have to talk to you for a minute. I, I want to start off by reading from session one, on this one, from Living Carbonated One. We have had at some point the vision, and I just want to repeat that vision. Let's listen carefully to what our vision is to what we want to try to achieve in here. Because we're getting, we're getting deeper and deeper into what we want to actually produce. The vision is women in Atlanta who connect to Hashem throughout the day, courageously speak the language of love, trust, transcendence. It's not enough to tell yourself you're thinking that. We must turn it into language because all of life exists in words. All of life exists in language. And we must learn to speak the language of love, transcendence, and trust. We are women who constantly build our complete trust in Hashem. That's a big job, and we want to really get moving on that. We, we accept our limitations while practicing strategies for growth. We don't have to become this, this huge at all, ever. But we can learn practices. We can learn mind games. We can learn approaches and attitudes that will lift us up into a higher place. We use all parts of ourselves as we learn to live with passionate connection to Hashem, inner serenity, and love of others. There you have an Agam Shalom. So we want to get there. And if we don't get there, it's okay. But we want to work our way towards that. And I think that's why you're here. Now, it has occurred to me, and of course I have the same feelings, that, okay, let's get started. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, I remember when I was younger, I always used to say to my husband, you know, if a nobody would come and tell me what to do, I would know what to do and I would do it. It would be so easy. A nobody would come and tell me what to do. A prophet will tell me. So my husband used to answer me with a smile and say, well, did the people listen to me when they had <laughs> No, no, but I would, but I would, but I would. Because so many times like you don't know what to do, right? You just don't know how do I improve, how do I grow, what's, how do I do all of this? So, 
we're going to start a program of six special steps. Now, none of them is nothing you've never heard of before, but when you use them in order and you really do them, you will find yourself transforming. At the top of the page that I'm going to give out that shows you these six steps, it says something that you've heard before. We've heard lots of things before. We've talked about lots of things before. So tell me, have you transformed? I know that Abraham did not teach his barking. He welcomed guests into his house. Do I do it to the degree that he did it? No, I don't. I mean, you know, first of all, there are not that many people who do it. <laughs> not that many people come to Lincoln. and that's not the point. The point is, I don't do it to the level he did it. I'm not Abraham Avinu. I'm not the Baal Chester that Abraham Avinu was. But I've heard about him so many times. But it hasn't transformed me. And so many things that we talked about in Living Carbonated One, we've talked about and talked about, I bet you don't even remember them. I'm not talking to you. I said them to you, and I don't think about them. <laughs> so we, we got to get what goes on in our brain. So Shlomo HaMelk says to us, More than you guard anything, guard your thoughts. Becha refers to thoughts. Guard your thoughts. Because everything that happens in your life comes from your thoughts. It comes from your mind. It comes from your beliefs. Everything. We create, to a large degree, our own destiny when we take hold, we take the reins of our life by using our thoughts in a proper way, in a, an empowering way. We have to learn to do that. And that's going to be part of the six steps. I'm going to give you the six steps, but I'm telling you right now that we are not quite ready. You don't want to build a house without a foundation, do you? It will sink. It will fall apart. We want to build a house on a foundation. And tonight, I want to really work on that foundation big time. And so you're going to end up with a booklet. And my hope is that you will live with this booklet. You will live with this, looking at it, talking about it, tearing it to shreds in your haburos and in your mind. This book is deceptively simple. Little stick figures, and I am telling you, there's a tremendous amount of thought and wisdom from our chazal and our chachamim behind everything in that book. Use that book. I'm begging you. And if you do, you'll be ready for this. And if you don't, it's okay. You can still do all of this, but you won't get the same result, and you won't enjoy it. What we have to do, remember, we talked last time about your rutzon, your will, your seicho, your, your intelligence. We talked about identity-based habits, that trying to take on new habits doesn't work. You, you want to go to it from a place of, who do I want to be? Who am I really? What is my greatest self? When you touch that, the subtype, when you touch that, everything opens up, and that's what we're going to try to do. So first I'm going to give you this, and a, a number of people took it. I don't know if I have enough left for tonight, because there were, the pile was a little bit decimated. <laughs> Did anybody here take my 
Okay, but so some people did. So I'm going to give it out to the rest of you. And we're going to read it, but we're not starting this yet because we're not ready. It's page, it's page nine. So I Chabura page last time? Oh, goodness gracious. See, ladies, it's hard to know because... Um, Thank you. 
foresight. So if you're missing a page, you can print it out, or you could let us know, and we'll be run up our next cost for the next thing. We'll run up more pages that you need, but we can't do it unless you tell us. Okay? Does everybody have to nod your head if you can't get that? If you need a page, let us know. If you can't run it off yourself, let us know. Unless you have a little run it off for them, right? We'll say, give us two more page seven. Give us two more page nine. That's what we're going to do. Um, I think I gave away my page nine. <laughs> Can I just borrow it for a second? Okay. Alicia, I need a page nine. Oh, you have nine? Thank you. Does anybody else need a nine? There seems to be one more. Blockages. 
because we're taught from the time we're little that we have to be good, we have to be this and we have to be that, it is very hard for us to realize that we may actually be hurting other people because of our lack of shame. That's very hard for us to see and for us to admit. Because something about us being, trying to be good people, and we are, you were to clean the crop. You know, Hashem's lucky to have you. That's the truth of the matter. You come out on a freezing cold night in the middle of the week so that you can grow a little bit. That's gorgeous. But we still have packages. And I saw even how hard it is for people to even understand what are my fears. I don't know what my fears are. I have no idea. We're blind to our own packages. Okay, let's find out what they are. Because if we don't, we can't play the game. And we're off the field. Don't you want to play the game? And it doesn't matter if you ever finish the game. It doesn't matter if you win or not. It doesn't matter. You just got to be playing the game. So, here's the game. Six steps to becoming the greatest you. Number one is what? Vision. We touched on it a little bit last time, but I'm telling you right now that we are not ready to, de to, to design our vision. We are not there quite yet. We're going to get there. Number two, who? What's my identity? And I'm going to explain all of this as we go through the steps. Number three, why? Why do I care about this vision or about this identity? My values. Number four, how? How? Plans and resources. Practices. When? That's an issue of behaviors, ongoing behaviors. And where? How do I create an environment to support my vision? We are at war with our limiting beliefs. Now, there's no such thing as a battalion of one. As we work together, we can learn to love, transcend, persist. And you can say that, you're a busy woman. Say to yourself in the middle of the day when you don't feel very loving or transcending, you say to yourself, love, transcend, persist. You can say that line to yourself. I can transcend at this moment. I feel annoyed. I feel angry. I feel taken advantage of. I feel overwhelmed. I don't have any strength left. I can't answer this phone call. I can't do what that person wants. I can miss this because all the different things. You know what? I am girded with strength. I am a healer. I can transcend. I can right now. And the feeling that comes with it because when you put on that belt, that, that weapon you build, it's not your strength. That's what's so gorgeous about this. It's flowing all the time. And we are in a battle of distancing ourselves and coming closer, and distancing ourselves and coming closer. Answer is always in connection to God. That's where the answer is. If you'll see, if you'll see in, our, in, our, in our book, which is Steve, where we're going to go with this. So, I'm just going to show you what we have to do in order to be ready for page nine. Okay? Are you with me? Yes. Now, are you patient enough to know that there's no magic pill? Are you patient enough to know that anything that we've said goes in one ear and out the other? <laughs> are you wise enough to know that we will have to, like Rabbi Shalasalanta says, you take a pencil and you make a line, and then you make the line over it again, and then you make the line over it again, and you make the line over it again, 
and it gets darker and darker and deeper and deeper. And when you use a pencil, sometimes it even tears the page if you're not, you know, when you're a little kid, you kept going over something with the pencil and the page tore in the middle and you were doing your homework and then you were scared that your teacher would be angry at you. Well, that's how it works. You, you just go over and over again. So we are going to repeat the same thoughts in here, I hope at least a thousand times, and then maybe you will begin to get in here. Maybe. And therefore, I want to mention this word, zichocharayim, which we've talked about before, and we're going to talk about it again. Please, let's really hear this. Zichocharayim. Now, we have translated it as clarity of a thought, right? So, this is a word we use and use and use. Actually, in, 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 in the first series, page number six, was a whole page in your Kabura for you to talk about what is Zichu Harayim. I hear an idea, we said an idea now, from Shlomo HaMelech, that everything in life comes from your thoughts. Everything in life. He says, everything. Please hear that word. Everything. Everything. All of the outcomes in your life, the things that are generated in your life, come from your thoughts. Now, that's not really fun to hear because it puts responsibility on us. But let's use a little zichu harayim for that. Are you clear on what that means? What's the impact of what that means? Do I get the depth of it? Do I understand it? Can I talk through with you? What do you think he means? Does that mean that if I have a bad thought, I'm bad, and now bad things are going to happen in my life? Does it mean that I made myself sick? Does it mean that this thing that happened in my life is my fault because I had bad thoughts? We've got to talk about this. We have to talk about it to the point where it absolutely creates hislahavus hanefesh, which means you've touched your soul, you've excited your soul. We're going to talk about hislahavus hanefesh because... When you, when you get something really, 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 you really get it, you become excited. And that's where we go with the vision. So we have to do everything we can to make all of these thoughts really clear. We're going to try to do more of that tonight. And then, oh my gosh, I realize I've done my impact work. Page 7. I think page 7 and 8 were the impact work. What is the impact of what I'm doing. Look what I'm creating in the world. You get the impact, and all of a sudden, whoa! His love was in the hush. That hits me. I can do that? I can create that in the world? I never wanted to do that. And all of a sudden, you realize, I really need to attend to this. I want to shift. I don't want to be that person. And it's not fun to realize what we've created and how we have really brought some negativity into the world sometimes. We have, because we're not perfect. It's okay. But let's try to see the impact of those inner thoughts on the reality that we cre create around us. It's very important. Yes? So, I always try to be proactive. And what that means to me is, I always think about what happens if something if it doesn't go the way I want it to, and it goes bad, and what am I going to do? What's my alternative? Um, what's my alternative? What my B, my plan B? Now, is that the wrong thing to do? Because, no, 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 no. Because, because that's 
I'm putting out a negative vibe. You know, that's in my mind, oh, you know, it's probably going to be, you know, like this, so I want to plan for that. But, but then I, I'm being negative about the situation instead of being positive. I hear what you're asking. I hear what you're asking. I'm going to make a request. I'm going to make a request, ladies. Like a negative feeling. Okay. You know? We're, we're going to go into all this a lot. I am very concerned that anything we say in here, people walk out with, oh, no, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, no, I'm not good enough. Oh, no, Hashem's going to punish me. That's not our purpose in here. We're trying to expand our minds and raise our perspective above the typical perspective of a human being who's not in touch with how they're looking at the world and lets that run them, okay? So you're, you're asking good questions, but you yeah, right away went into, am I doing it wrong? No, 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 because the whole thing is, what was the sentence here? It said, because your thoughts is going to create the reality. Right. So so then maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Okay, so let's you know? take, let's, let's take a minute and talk about that. So. I, I, I would say, just to briefly address it, I would say, instead of going, coming at it from, I know it's going to go wrong, you come at it from, I understand that with human beings, things don't always go the way that we think they should. So I am prepared for that to happen, and I accept the as well. So what will I do if it doesn't work that way, as opposed to, it never works out. I'm no, never going to do that. Well, no, but okay, so I'm just saying, you, you can't do that. What direction? And, and it's going to take you a long time. It's going to take you a long time. Um, what's his name? With the, with I think the, the birds. She's saying is what we're supposed to do because, like, I think I think what you're saying is to prepare. Like, you're asking yeah. us to prepare ahead. Like, we know that we're going to be tested. We know that things are going to go wrong. So you're doing what we're supposed to do. Yeah, you're preparing yeah, but like for when things inevitably, for sure, but within the next 24 yeah. hours, we're going to be tested in a very big way, all of us, you know, for sure, in many ways. So you're preparing ahead. I think that's what we're, you're thinking when you're bringing thought and attention, and I think that's what we're supposed to do. So which is the outcomes in life. So, so let's, okay, so, so we're not ready to really see what that means yet okay. because right. we're, we're trying to shift our entire perspective. We're doing, we're not going to stop right now on, okay, tell me exactly how you think. No, that's not what we're doing. We want to slowly take responsibility for our lives. Most of the time we live with life coming at us and then we respond. Even though we try to be proactive and that's good. But the majority of our lives is about, like like Nava just said, we're going to be tested. But we have to think of ourselves as the drivers, as the person who's in charge. And we're going to learn practices that put us in charge of our lives as opposed to waiting for things to happen and then, oh, I hope I respond in the right way. We, we're going to have a mission in our minds that will color everything we do. And then what happens, we come from the place of our mission and respond to the best of our ability to what happens. Now, this is a process. Rabbi Yisrael in his letter number 20, talks about it and makes it very clear. It is a slow, step-by-step -step process. You need to do that. 
because I want to be there now. But you see, Hashem doesn't care where we are now. He cares that we're trying to step forward. And there is so much beauty and love and power available to us that we don't even think about. And it's available to us. So what we want to do is not look at right now the, the, those, and those are important things to talk about, either here or with your chabura. Very important things to talk about. We want to get more into a bigger picture, and then it will color in the smaller things. And every, you should always ask, and, and I don't know that you always have the answer. We want to go in a certain direction. So we have a little bit of a ladder that I've been trying to set up so that we could get to our six steps. Okay, so let's just let's just look at that ladder. It's already so late, goodness gracious. Okay, here's the ladder. The first step that we talked about, and we're going to talk about a lot more, is about what is a human being? What is our job? You're gonna have to write notes because you're gonna have all of this. You're gonna see all of this. So we just, you know, we drew out a person and we drew out the neshama and we showed that a person can choose closeness to Hashem versus distance, remember that? And the idea is that we want to keep in mind what the game is. The game, here's the goal. The goal is over here, being close to Hashem by connecting with our neshama. That's the bottom line goal. It's not so simple, but we're going to learn different pieces of how to do it. And the next thing we discovered was when you're in distance from Hashem, there's a gap between you and Akash Baruch Hu, there's space. And that space is always filled, it sucks in the voices. The voices of fear, negativity, all those different pieces. Something has to fill the gap by nature. By nature, it is filled in with the negativity. So it doesn't mean we're bad. We all, at times, probably most of our lives, are nowhere near the closeness we could have with Hashem. And so, of course, we're filled with the voices of doubt and fear and negativity and worry and resentment and anger and hopelessness and discouragement. They just they just come naturally to us. That's what Shlomo Melch is telling us this. Guys, guys, you gotta master this. And you can't. Because you have a neshama. You gotta learn the language, how the neshama speaks. You gotta practice the language. We're gonna do that. Right? The next step that we had to do, and this is crucial before you even start the work on page nine, and people had a lot of trouble with this, and I understand it, and that's why I wrote it out on pages seven and eight. The impact. Let's say the gap between me and Hashem was filled with um, a sense of I'm not good enough. Okay, let's just use that because a lot of people suffer with that. I'm not good enough. Now, if I'm not good enough, then everything that happens in life is going to prove to me that I'm not good enough. That's what's going to happen in the gap. That's what I'm going to believe. And once I believe that about myself, it's going to color everything in my life. Okay? So I'm just, let, let's, let's take a look. We're going to go now with a little bit of the impact of I'm not good enough. Okay? Am I a bad person for feeling like I'm not good enough? No. Maybe I was wounded. Maybe I was criticized when I was a child. 
Maybe my life is not going well. Maybe I never did. A, I was never successful like that person or that person. I have evidence to show you that I'm not good enough. I can't make it. I have evidence. My life is evidence. I just don't have what everybody else has. So now, I'm going to take an example from a chapura and just twist it a little bit. I got permission. A woman gets a phone call from school. We talked a little bit about this last time, but this is slightly different. A woman gets a call from school. Your child is misbehaving. You have to come pick him up. He can't stay in school. We're not able to, to handle him. Okay. So this woman says, my first response is, oh, no. I have a whole day scheduled. I don't have time to pick him up. So she says that's her fear. She says her fear is that she has no time to pick him up. And so it's upsetting to her to have to pick him up because she has a whole day scheduled. I understand that. That makes sense, yes? Now you tell me, is that really what's upsetting her? No? What is upsetting her? How is he staying to school can handle him? That's a lot. Now, whatever your thing is, we're going to go now with the I'm not good enough, okay? This is the one we're going to look at. I'm not good enough. Now, what do I think when I get called by the school that my child has to be picked up? I'm a bad parent. I didn't teach him right. I'm not raising him right. I'm a failure. See? I'm not good enough. Now, let's look at the impact of that. If you pick him up. If you're in the I'm not good enough place, he is the evidence that you're not good enough. At that moment, are you there for his benefit? Or are you there in your pain? You're in your pain. Are you going to deal with him effectively from a place of pain and self-hate and shame? Now the whole school knows that I'm a rotten mother. What are you going to be able to do for him? The impact on your child is huge. But you love him. And we want the best for him. And you want to be a good mom. But you're just not good enough. And who's going to be the sufferer if you're not being good enough? Your child. Now, we're not looking for answers now. We're looking for impact. Now, one of the women in that same Chaburu brought up this next thing about fear. She works at night, and at night she has to leave the building and walk in an empty parking lot underground. She has a lot of fear. Okay. So that is not the fear we're talking about. We have to address that fear in terms of our relationship with Hashem, which we're going to talk, we're going to have to talk a lot more about fear, a lot more about fear it's the core of so many things. Most emotions come from fear, even anger, right? Fear or sadness. Most, most things come from that. This, even this idea of I'm not good enough is just fear. It's the fear that I don't have what it takes. I'm just afraid. Most of the things that come into the gap when we're distant from Hashem are based in fear. Many, many midos that are destructive for ourselves are based in fear. So you can see that the more we build our connection and our trust in Hashem, the freer we are of fear, of all kinds of fear. The fear of not being good enough, the fear of the parking lot. So we have to understand there are different gradations, different types of fear, and our Rabbani have taught us how to deal with it. We know how to deal with it. We understand what it's all about. 
And so we're going to have to talk about a lot of that. But this idea of impact. I don't know. We read through it last time. I don't know if it made an impact. I don't know if you did the work of sitting down, taking one either poor habit or a mindset that's not ideal or a feeling about yourself or a fear that you have and laying out what is the impact on myself. Blank, blank, button, 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 button. What is the impact on my family, my husband, my children, my siblings, whatever it is? You lay it out in as much detail as you can. What is the impact on my relationship with Hashem? If I feel like I'm not good enough, he doesn't care about me. I can't have a relationship with him. He's going to punish me. He's going to do bad things to me because I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough for him. So what's the point? And I mean, talk about Yeyush. They talk about that hopelessness that comes with this. Everything we're saying here is not me. I am talking to you from just sharing with you from many, many, many Chazal, Rishonim, and Achonim. This is not me. They talk about this in the Musr sparring because it's the core of life. We don't necessarily want to pay attention to it. Because I'm a good person. I try to do good things. I do chesed. I care about other people. Okay. And I want to learn. And I go to share. And I listen to shnuz. And I do this. And then I go to care anytime. And I do all this good stuff. So I'm a good person. Why do I have to go into this sewer and deal with all this stuff? You don't. It's your choice. You can either be a giant and a geek, <coughs> a warrior, or you could be a good person. But one thing for sure, you're not driving your own life. You're being driven. So you might want to think about whether you want to be driven. And some people are comfortable being driven. And that's okay. That's who you are. Okay, so so this idea of impact, please, please, we can't start page nine until you get the impact. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you a story that I've told so many other times, but it's really sort of fits in when you realize something that you're doing that is hurting you so badly. So my father's Atal used to have, there was a group, I've told you this before, but it's such a good story. There was a group of psychiatrists and I think some other doctors and psychologists, and they were secular people, they were not religious Jews, but they were a group of Jews, very intelligent, you know, intelligentsia-type Jews. And they used to have, um, once a month, they would have some kind of a rabbi come and talk to them at somebody's house. This is a famous story, but... So he goes, asked one time to come to talk to this group in a big, beautiful home. A lot of these doctors are sitting around. And he talks to them about kashos. He starts talking about keeping kosher. And he's in the middle of this talk. You'll remember this when I tell you. And one of the doctors stands up and he says, Rabbi, stop talking. And he sits down. So my father didn't know what to do. I mean, they asked him to talk in the middle of getting a talk about kashrut. So he figures everybody else must want to hear or they would leave. So he continues talking about kashrut. A few minutes later, the guy stands up and he says, Rabbi, if you continue talking, I'm going to have to change my life. And I don't want to change my life. So I will leave. So... What should he do? Stop talking? Mm-hmm. So he continues to talk. The fellow stands up. He goes to this big closet outside in the, in the hallway, takes his coat, and walks out the door. When the talk was over, my father asked some of the other people who was that fellow? Like, talking, calling me something. 
No one would give him his name. <laughs> because they saw he would have to change his life. And he didn't want to. So the question is, ladies, can you hear truth and then change it? That's impact. If you can look at yourself and see something you're doing, something you're thinking, a way of being that you just by default have, have established in your life, or maybe because it worked for you when you were younger or you had to survive a difficult family. There are so many reasons that things happen. You were bullied in school, so you had to protect yourself. So this is, I, I deal with this all the time, with girls, with women, all the time. Ways of being that are no longer working and are self-destructive, but at one time they worked to protect you, but they don't work anymore. So now you're gonna find out and you're gonna say for yourself, what's the impact of this? What kind of a Jew am I? What kind of a human being am I? What kind of a role model am I? What kind of a loving mother or sister or daughter or, or community person or whatever it is? Because we all have impact on each other. By the way, the fact that you're here strengthens our group. The fact that you arrived here tonight means there's somebody, oh, there are other people here that are interested in growing also and in serving Hashem appropriately. By the way, this is not a personal growth class. This is an Avodas Hashem group where we are going to overcome. We are going to overcome and be bigger and transform ourselves and our community. That's what our goal is in here. And don't think that it doesn't make a difference. Because when a person acts with Gvura, with that heroism that Hashem has buckled around us, they change the world. And they change the world in Shemayim. And when you dive and we're going to talk about that, and it's going to be one of the things we have to talk about. You literally change what's going on in Shemaya. How do you know what you're creating in Eretz Yisrael when you work on being a hero inside where nobody even knows? But he knows. And even if you fail, you get up and you try again. It's precious. It's the most precious thing in the world. So we can't start this until you have done your impact work and your fear work. Talk about it in your Kabura, and if it's you can't, you don't know how to find it, meet with me. I'll help you find it. I'll point out your fears right away. I'll point out all of your negative thoughts. I'll point out everything you're doing wrong. As long as we're not talking about me, I'm really good. <laughs> That's the idea. Okay, now, I want to show you this. I'm sh well, okay, let me just tell you something. First, there are two PowerPoint things that I just want to point out. And then I want to go through, I have the booklet here in PowerPoint, and then you're going to get the booklet. I don't know if I can explain it in enough depth tonight, but this is a crucial booklet. <coughs> I'm telling you, it looks like just a little simple nothing. There is so much behind it. I worked very hard on this simple-looking booklet. I think it can really, 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 really help us, because it puts into visual form all of these foundational ideas. Okay, so Elisheva, where are you? Um, Esty, do you mind turning off the lights? Okay. Mm. <coughs> oh, great, good, what would you do? Yes, 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 excellent. <laughs> I can't see what I wrote. That's okay. 
Is it possible to make it a little bit bigger? Let's go back to the first one. I want to go back for a minute. Bigger. Through the box, the big the box that makes it bigger. Okay, this is this is what we have. I hope you can read it. It's not gonna be big enough for the book with pages, though. We pull the table back a little bit. Does that make it bigger? Okay, this is good. Okay. Everybody see it? Yeah. Okay. This is just to remind us that as we enter onto this work that we all want to do together, without Hashem's help, we can't do it. Therefore, you don't have to feel bad about feeling like you can't do it. Because you can't. You cannot do this. But with Hashem's help, everyone can. Listen. Rabbi Yisrael said the following. I know I quote him a lot, but he was the father of the Muslim movement. It's very important. Um, he's actually quoted in who says that he said, there's a Gemara in Brachos that says that after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, the gates of prayer were closed. They were sealed. They were locked. And the only gate that's left open is the Shari Dema'os, the, the gate of tears. Which really means to us that Hashem listens to our tears when they're real and when they're really when they're connecting, when they come from deep inside of us. Says Rabbi Sir Salanter, that is only true when it comes to things in the physical realm. But when it comes to things in the spiritual realm, when we ask for Hashem's help to grow, to grow closer to Him, to master ourselves, to be bigger people, every gate is wide open. So please, this is to remind you, you say this every day, or maybe you don't. So you can make this bracha every day. Baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melech ha'olam, creator of the entire world, the source of all bracha, you gave us, you have girded us with heroism, with inner strength. Say the bracha. Say without Hashem's name when you're in a tough spot and you just don't have what it takes. And he will help you. There is no question. He will help you if you allow it to come in. With your help, Hashem, I can overcome. This is crucial for us to know. Don't just hear it and then, oh, that's a nice little bark. Use it. Live it. Practice it. Practice it. I can't do this. I can't do this. Ozer Yisrael Gitvura. I don't have to be able to do it. He is channeling through me. You will be amazed at who you can be and what you can do if you turn to him for help. There's no limit. There is no limit. Okay, now let's go to the next one. Okay. You see here our, our depiction of Tov and Ra, physical and spiritual. <clears throat> Last time in our class, which I'm sure you don't remember because we didn't spend enough time on it, and it's very important, but you could use it in your everyday life. I gave you a page. I forgot what page it was. Maybe page three. And it says, Leich echol Go eat in happiness. Do you remember that? 
And we talked about what does it mean, eat in happiness? It has to do with the mitzvah of Hafrashat Chalot. But what we said was that when Adam did the sin and ate from the Eitzah Da'as, he separated physical from spiritual. And because of that, the earth has been cursed because of you. Because the idea is that they are intertwined and used together. And the Sfas said that the only simcha there is is when you're ma'aleh, the physical world, to its source. That means that you take bread and make challah. Now, part of it is physical and part of it is spiritual. When we live our lives using the physical and a, lifting it up to Shemayim, that's the ultimate in joy because then we have completed the purpose of life and we're connected with Hashem. So we mentioned that last time. But here you see the picture of it. And it's an interesting thing. When Hashem created the world, the or and choshach, the darkness and the light were intertwined. They were mixed up. Hashem didn't want that. So he took a portion of it, that brightest of the light, and saved it for Olam Haba for the for Tzadikim. Then he took the rest and he separated it into day and night. Because we need boundaries. We need clarity. This is light. This is dark. This is good. This is evil. You see in the world around us now how the boundaries are gone. And now it's or the choshech mishtamshin bi'erbuvya. Light and dark are mixed up. They're all mixed up. And we can't see what is good and what is evil. That's a piece of what happened when Adam tried to pull, eat from the tree of knowledge and create importance to the physical itself without its being connected to the spiritual. Until then, when he ate from any of the trees in the Garden of Eden, he ate from it and connected to God through the, the food that he gave him, the nourishment that he gave, the holiness of the food. It took all of the physical actions that he was doing and connected it to the source. When he ate from the eight sadas, he gave reality and being and importance and independence to the physical. So it's no longer connected to the purpose of the world. And that's what brought the curse on the world. And we fix that up when we make challah and we take a piece and we give it to the Kohen. We are taking the physical and handing it back to Shemayim. That's how we fix it up. But this is the state that we are in all the time. We want you to get what your job is in this world. You are a, a spiritual divine soul encased in a physical body. Your body is to be raised to the level of your neshama, which means we do all the physical stuff with joy, with pleasure, with responsibility, and understanding that it's about connecting it back to the source. And that brings a person serenity, joy, and peace, and love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You do that all the time. You cook a Shabbos meal. You go shopping for your family or maybe for someone who's sick. You help a friend. You do laundry. You keep your body clean. All of these things are physical acts that you do, but you can do them because you value your being. I'm going to show you something else as we go on. Let's, let's go to the next page, please. 
Okay, what is the purpose of my existence? We spoke a lot about this in, in our first series, but let's just get it down very clearly here. The Ramachal, who wrote both Baruch Hashem and the Celestial Shari, and these two separate Sfarim, tells us what the purpose of life is. Now, he says this as you've heard before, but you're going to hear it a thousand times because it doesn't go into our heads. I can't even tell you how many times I have taught this to kids, to adults, I can't, to myself. I cannot tell you. I have a big sign in my kitchen with this huge, huge picture with this written on it. I don't even notice it anymore. <laughs> I make myself say this paragraph every day at night so that I will remember what I'm living for. Am I living it? It takes work. It takes awareness, attention, work. So here's what he says. Here we've got the intertwining of, of light and darkness, of physical and spiritual, of good and evil. What is the purpose of my existence? A person must know and understand that she was only created to cling to her creator. That's what you're here for. Not to be successful in your eyes, not to, 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 to have the nice this, or to be the, the person that, or to be honored, or to work. None of that matters. Your job is to cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And yet, we allow ourselves to slide away from him. That's the purpose of our existence. And the second thing in the same paragraph, a person was only placed in this world to master her evil inclination. That means we want to become masters of ourselves. And it is the most freeing. If you ever have that experience where you've mastered yourself and you've controlled yourself deeply, it is unbelievable. Talk about building self-esteem. That's the way to do it. So there, there you go. That's our purpose in this world. Now, says he in the Seal Sashari, same Ramoshapangotsata. Yasim Alibo Chovaso. You gotta be aware of and put on your heart and think about all the time. Your obligation, what you're in this world for. Unfortunately, by nature, we ignore it. So I can stand here and show you this in his writing, and we will all go home and not really want to pay attention to our obligation in this world because that's hard to do. It's hard to do. I've got to go. I left some dishes. I left the, you know, I, I, I got to go and clean up a bunch of stuff from a lot of different things that happened. Uh, so I'm going to go and do dishes. I'm not really thinking about my chova in this world, my obligation. It's just, that's just an example. But it's hard to get ourselves to do that. So we want to make that a part of our lives. Next. Okay, no, next, the other way. Okay, it looks very simple, okay? So let's just understand this. Who am I? You cannot go on to do the six steps. I can't go on to do the six steps until we know who we are. We don't even know who we are. If we can't even define what our fears are, and we can't even really get the impact of, of, of our attitudes and the way we live, we don't know who we are. We don't know the great things about ourselves. We don't know really what we're supposed to do in this world. It's a big, giant world. How on earth do I navigate it? What, what am I supposed to do when I wake up in the morning? Here's what you're supposed to do. You have to know yourself. On the one hand, you are dust of the earth. Okay. If you're only dust of the earth, you're going to be attracted to the darkness, <laughs> to the physicality. 
But you also have a divine soul, a nefesh chayim, which includes, this, this bubble here is always going to indicate the neshama. A part of the neshama is the beya, which is intelligence, which remember we have to use in our plan because we gotta, you'll see why. And dibor, which is speech and the power of communication. Both of those things are, are soul attributes. And our job is to use this, the dust of the earth part of ourselves, to achieve the nefesh chayim, divine soul part of ourselves. Which voice directs the melody? That's me. And I can affect that balance all the time in little tiny ways. I don't have to be a hero to affect that balance, but I have to be aware all the time. And if you could look at this picture during the day, just look at it. And remember, keep this booklet in front of you. What am I alive for at this moment? Oh, I have to wash dishes. But that's the physical way of me connecting to my divine soul. My responsibility, my care for my home, the, the, the good thing to do, the productive thing to do next, to take, you know what I'm saying? It's all, that's, you want to look at this whenever you're sinking. Just look at it. Okay, next. Okay, now, we are all in a, a dance. We're in a dance. Because we are pulled towards the physical, and we are pulled towards the spiritual. And we're going back and forth and back and forth all the time until we're exhausted. Sometimes we don't even know if what we're doing now is the right thing or the wrong thing. Or what is the right thing to do? Maybe the right thing to do is the wrong thing at this moment. Maybe the wrong thing to do is the right thing at this moment. When are you tough? When do you make a boundary? That might hurt somebody. So how can we make a boundary? Should we make a boundary with Hamas? Should we not? Should we give back hostages so they can steal more hostages and then kill more Jews? What's the right thing to do? Maybe we know, and maybe we don't. But if we have Rebbe in our life, we know a lot more. And we have the courage to do what is the right thing. So this is us. But we have to accept our humanity. We are back and forth and back and forth. It's okay. But what we want to do is conquer more territory. Move constantly towards the connection to the Rebbe That's what we want to do. Just take a tiny step towards the Rebbe Look at this during the day when you're feeling torn. Open up the booklet. Where am I holding? And if I fail, Okay, but I'm pulled back here. I'm gonna keep trying. It's okay to fail. Everybody does. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to fail in order to get up again. It's good to fail because now you learned something. And from your failure comes growth. That's what we always have to remember. And, and now I realize the impact of what I did. This was so wrong. Sometimes you can even feel ashamed of something you said or something you, just something. And then you can go to the person and say, can we just erase that? Let's just, I want to say it again. It's a very powerful and cleansing thing to do. Sometimes things come out wrong with a loved one at home. You know, just, you feel it came out wrong and I was hurtful and I, I didn't want to be. And you say to them, I blew it. It's not really what I meant. I want to say what I really meant and I want to say it in a way that respects you. So, next one, please. Okay, now I want to explain something about this. It is not, does not mean that you're a bad person 
if you have any of these things, these voices going on inside of you, it means you've slipped away from Hashem. You are human. I am human. We are human. Not everybody has all of these things that happen to them when they're distant from Hashem. <coughs> but these are pretty significant, regular things. These are the voices that slip in when there's a gap. So let's take a look at them because they're very important. And these are things that the Muslim Sfarim and other Sfarim teach us happen. They, they tell us what happens. Here's what happens. First of all, why did this happen? I'm distant from Hashem. I don't feel his... I can't hear you, Neshaba. I can't hear the voice of you. I've, I've slipped away from you, so I don't hear you. So now when something happens, I say, why? Why did this happen to me? Why? Why? That is a dark, dark rabbit hole to go down. That's a dark one. That doesn't happen when you're close to Hashem and you hear the voice of the Neshama. I'm so jealous. If you're close to Hashem, everything that he does in your life with love, you feel it, you know it. So you don't go into that place. I, we, it, it, we don't have time to go through all of this. And I think that we should spend some time next time really talking about why each of these things is a result of distance from Hashem, which can be, by the way, remediated like that. You take a step close to him. And you pour yourself in his arms. And you can feel the closeness. So, we, we're going to have to discuss this more. Next next one, I'll just go through quickly. Where will I be if I draw close? Now, each of these is reflective of what a person who is not living about the I becomes. We become an instrument of love, a reflection of Kodesh Baruch Hu, and there is no peace like letting go of all those things that we think matter. We become suffused with serenity and love and care and only doing God's <coughs> will. There's no worry, there's no concern, there's only peace and true happiness. So we're going to have to talk about why each of these is important. For instance, let me tell you just this one. This person who's drawn, I hear you, Neshama. I'm following your voice. This person says, I am honored to take care of myself. So what does that mean? So for instance, Hilhat Sadik. Hillel used to say when he would go to the bathhouse, I'm going to do a mitzvah. I'm going to do a mitzvah. I'm going to wash my body. When he would be going home to eat a meal, he would say, I have a guest in my house that I have to take care of. And they would say, who is the guest that you have to take care of? And he would say, my neshama is a guest in my body, and I have to take care of it. So when he ate, that's what he was doing. The, the honor to take care of your body, to take care of yourself. And we'll, we'll have to go through the others too. I'm sorry, it just took us too long to get here. Let's go on to the next one. Okay, we will deal with these. But the reason I put this in here is your neshama has a very strong voice. We often occlude the voice of the neshama. We, we cover it up with our concerns, our worries, our fears, our desires. We want to learn to hear the voice of the neshama which speaks 
in these sentences. Now, I, I, I made these sentences and I sat down with the Bid Hamakachim to present it to him and to ask him if this is correct and if this includes the things that we would want to include in this. And he approved of it. So that's why I feel that I can share it with you. The five Neshama principles are really one. And we're going to find out how they all are really one. They're all about living in that closeness with Hashem. But we can practice the principles in here. And when you practice them, you make the voice of your Neshama stronger and stronger and stronger. And after a while, you will become much more sensitive to the voice of your Neshama if you practice these principles. The first one, my mouth speaks only love, is what we're talking about when we talk about love. You can't speak something unless it's inside of you, which means that we have to create an environment of love inside of ourselves. How do you do that? we got to work on that. These five Neshama principles, just look at them during the day. Take one and say, today I'm practicing number three. And of course I have to explain number three. We're going to have to go into it, which we don't have time to do now. Okay, let's look at the next one. Okay, when I'm close to Hashem, I can be honest with Him. I can be a lover to Him. And I can realize these statements. These are very important statements to say to Hashem, to say to ourselves, to live. To, it doesn't take time. Just have it in front of you. I love you, Hashem. Look what, he, look what he gives to us. Just being here together in this room. What a gift. And Baruch Hashem, right now, there's you know, terrorists out there. We can go home and have a roof over our head and a little bit of heat if we need the heat and a blanket. and a, We have so much. It's like endless. I love you, Hashem. I love that you are. I love that you, that you are. Where would I be if you weren't? I love that you love me. I want to be close to you. I want to know you. I want to really know you. That you're really part of my life. I am filled with awe. I am awed by my privilege. The privilege of being a Jew where every single thing I do makes a difference. That he notices every thought every action, every word, and he cares, and he responds, and I have the power to change the balance of the world. What a privilege that I have the privilege of suffering on your behalf, of sacrificing to be a Jew. What a privilege. I am completely in your hands, and it gives me peace. It's the only peace. And then the last page of the booklet, who do I want to be? We're not quite ready for this, but everyone's going to have to practice it and practice it and practice it. Check in with your rutzum, your inner desire, which we have to talk about as we get to page nine. Guided by your seichel. Your seichel is given to you as part of your neshama. Your rutzum is a reflection of your neshama. We have to learn how to balance the two. You can dream unlimited, just unleash all the dreams of who you want to be. Do it first on pieces of paper. 
before you actually put it in your booklet. Or put it in your booklet and then replace it with another one as you grow and you, you develop what your vision will be. Don't limit yourself. Dream, dream, dream. This is physical, spiritual, everything you would want for yourself. But first you've got to get the other pieces of the pages. Okay, um, we can turn on the lights now. You can turn that off. I'm going to give out these booklets. Oh, I just want to tell you your homework. Okay. Here is your homework. Are you ready? With your kabura or alone, identify your fears. Notice during the day when you're feeling icky or all of a sudden you feel sad and you come home from work and there's something bothering you. Just take a second on a piece of scrap paper and write down what you're afraid of. And the impact of your limiting beliefs, your poor habits, you're not yet trusting Hashem, and you want to just do that with your chabura or do it with yourself. Please examine yourself so that when you come to do the work of the six steps, you didn't know who you are. Are you with me? No, I'm just telling you to do it. What am I afraid of? The homework is identify your fears. Write down the impact of your limiting beliefs and your poor habits and your lack of trust in Hashem. Write it down. And then talk about it in your chabur, whichever part you're comfortable sharing. Everybody's the same. The impact of your limiting beliefs, your poor habits, and the fact that you don't trust Hashem. We think we do. Then why are we upset? Why am I bound? Why am I overtired? Why am I overwhelmed? I don't trust Hashem. Poor. Poor. Okay, now, you're going to take this packet, and you're going to know it by heart, and you're going to talk about it in your chaburah. What does this mean? Why is this a piece of being distant from Hashem? Why is this a piece of being close to Hashem? How do I pull myself towards closeness to Hashem? Please, please, please. With this packet, it, um, it, it looks like it's very simple, but it's, it's everything in the packet. It's all poured into the packet. And we have to talk about a lot of the pieces more because we didn't have time. And there's never enough time, you know? We just have to keep talking about these things so we understand them a little bit. And then there's not enough time to really get that understanding. But please, please, if you need another packet, we'll make more. Whatever you need, this packet is the key to you knowing yourself. Okay? So thank you for staying so late. I'm sorry that it's so late. Will you work with Greg? We're meeting in, I think, two weeks or something? The 19th? I'm going to deliver everything, but I...